0: Welcome to the Overtime Hockey Podcast and Goldie's Podcast, as we have another one that's going to now focus on hockey. One week ago, we talked about the increased mental health awareness, and Sean, let's go there first. How did that weekend go for you guys, and was it what you expected? Were you happy with that?
1: Yeah, I thought it was a great awareness day. Uh, We coincided it with uh, Hockey Day Minnetonka which follows up Hockey Day, Minnesota, so we had a bunch of youth kids in the building, both our varsity boys and girls uh, play uh, that day, so it's a four-game sequence in the building, and there's just a lot of good energy, uh, a lot of people coming through the lobby, good, uh, good promotional, and uh, was able to raise some pretty good money, so we feel pretty good about that, and we'll uh, donate that to Relate, and then we'll also keep promoting it in the high school so kids are aware they have a resource.
0: We're leaving it up on our site for a while here to keep that image uh, ingrained in people's minds. Let's turn to hockey now. The old saying and the adages: offense wins games, defense wins championships. Look at you guys, three straight shutouts in a row. The fourth game allowing just one, it's been shut down. Can you talk about how well you're playing as a group?
1: Oh, I think it's just a buy-in. You know, we're starting to... uh, kind of figure out our lineup, I think, uh, top to bottom. That's been uh, a process, as it always is every year. I think most coaches would tell you you'd want to get to that lineup by about game 12 or game 15, but, you know, we're on it. we on game 18, game 20, so um, you can't freak out about it. I uh, feel like we got some younger guys that had to kind of figure out kind of the big picture, the three-zone concept, and then uh, older guys had to kind of find their slots and in their, in their roles and, their So you know we're pretty fortunate. We got some really dynamic young guys uh, that have kind of moved some older guys into some different spots, and then you know we've we've uh, had you know a different rotation in net too. So uh, I think I think all three facets are coming. Our special teams have been really good all year. That's been there, but I think we're starting to lock down defensively, and we've done it against some pretty good teams.
0: Is there a balance you have to work in terms of the older guys? Maybe think that their role should be X, but maybe it's Y, and then with the younger guys. To really see their confidence grow, to say, "Hey, yeah, you can do this." How does that balance work as a coaching staff?
1: Well, I think early on, you are trying to figure out well, how do the young guys slot in and how they fit. Um, you know, and they got a lot to learn. They're drinking through a fire hose. Uh, you know, the older guys. You know, it, the biggest challenge I think at this level is the, the older guys that want to keep playing uh, think this, the winter season's about exposure, and it's not. Uh, the exposure seasons are in the fall and the spring. And uh, the winter season is about your program and playing well. And that's even what the junior and college guys want to see anyways. So uh, getting kids out of that fall league mentality, getting more into a team concept, playing the game the right way, uh, staying above the puck when you need to, um, all the concepts that you preach, they're really just habitual. They're habits. And if you get off your habits in the spring, summer, and fall, It takes you a while, you know, 25 weeks later to kind of figure out how to get back to team hockey in the winter, and it's a different style. It really is. To win at this level in high school hockey, you got to play a team game.
0: What's amazing to the eye is the team game that you see is so much faster than the exposure because the puck's moving, there's responsibilities, but then the decision-making has to speed up, and I'm sure there's a lot that has to go along to make that work.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's your job as a coaching staff, I think, to create a tempo and practice that's as, you know, translatable to game day as it can be. So, you know, that's what we've been focused on. And again, that takes time, like it really does. You know, if you're going to dust it and spin it um, and stick handle, your team's going to play slow. And uh, teams that play slow seem to get bitten a little bit more, and you invite upsets, you invite sloppy play. you know, the teams that we play at least, uh, you know, everyone's got two lines, everyone's got 4D. What kind of separates the teams that I've seen this year and over the last four years are teams that have three lines that can all go and six set of D or six D, three sets of D, and goaltending. And you got to have all three facets. And if you don't, your, your, your warts are going to get exposed.
0: Is it me, or is, does it feel like there are more teams that have that formula? More than just a line and a half or two lines and into three, and I'm seeing some teams with four and six defensemen, I feel like the depth of quality of play is as deep on more rosters this year than it has been in recent years.
1: I would agree with that. I I think uh, some teams have probably lost some really Mm high-end older guys that have been around for the last three or four years where there's a little bit of separation from that standpoint. You know, yeah. like the Sammy Walkers are out the door and, you know, the Jackson Blakes aren't around. The middle around stats of the world. The middle stats yeah. of the world. You know, we had some guys like Bobby Brink and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Low Heights certainly had a great year. Molinar had 31 goals. So, you know, you look at kind of separation pieces that way. I don't see that this year as much. I see a lot more solid um team play and and depth across the board. So, I mean, everything's going to be 2-2, to like it really is. And the games that we've played in that we've seen the top teams, it's tight. Like, it's tight. There's not a lot of space out there. There's not a lot of room to separate. And I think that's awesome for high school hockey. I really do. Like, this year, more than any year, there's as much parity. You know, there used to be days and you could look at each section and say, oh, you know, a handful of these sections just have to win one game to get to state. That's not the case this year. Um, it's really never been the case in our section. So you know you gotta you gotta find a way to get to the semifinal round and win two games in three days. And uh, welcome to the fun stuff. That's yeah, the, that's know. awesome. Like that's really awesome because if you get through that, um, you're you're tested. You're ready to compete in the state tournament for something special.
0: Your game against Wayzata one nothing thriller. There something special about I like games at pick. They're really tight to the vest team yep so good for playoff hockey for them but also for you when you take this group in and you play I'm sure it was a game that mirrored a little bit of what they did and win at that style now you can look at this group and say there's no excuses we can play this way that would be my thought what were your thoughts on the whole uh overview of that game
1: Well, I mean, first off, Wyzetta is a very strong team. We had already seen them earlier in the year and and happened to beat them in our building, and it was more of a special teams game where we separated that night. We were really good on the power play, and uh, that separated us. But we knew going over there, like, you know, last year we had to tie it with, like, three seconds left. And historically over time, there's just no layups, Uh, especially the second cycle through the late conference. There's just never any layups. It doesn't matter if you have the upper end talent or not. Teams are well coached. They're on game, you know, 18 to 22, 23. They're ready. They're, they're, you know, the seniors are playing like seniors. Their juniors are seniors now. Their new guys are playing with 20, 20 games under the belt. So there's nothing really surprising happening out there. And, and the teams with structures seem to me to be a little bit more confident in their style. Um, yeah, we feel like we look in the mirror when we play Wysetta. You know, I think both teams can play heavy. Um, they both play with depth. They both play with pretty good pace. Um, I think they're built from the back end in, in both situations. So it's going to be a, I, you know, I always laugh with Pat. We always say, hey, why don't we just start an OT, yeah. save, save everybody a couple hours of time. Yeah. Um, but, you know, and then we always kind of joke, well, what about the development time? You know, you need these kids to play through the grind and and push back a little bit. And I think I saw that last night. I thought, you know, early on, I thought we had a pretty good start. Um, I thought, why well, is that a pushback later in the first period? Had a couple chances. And then I thought in the second period, you know, they came out, uh, and then I thought midway through the second period, we had about three or four shifts where we really kind of took control of the game. Uh, we started to play deep. We got the puck slow. We started to work it pretty good and we started to tear, tire some of their guys out. And I think that was kind of the turning point of the game. And then obviously when you get the lead, um, as with really good college hockey or even pro hockey, Hey, you can stay above the puck and now you're really mm-hmm. tough to get through. And I think both teams emulate that. So, you know, first goals are important. Um, it's tough to chase a hockey game. Uh, with other good talent out there. But it's really fun. I, I These are the most, most enjoyable games because the coaching's high end. Uh, the kids really, really have a strong um, conviction to play against each other. They've been doing it probably since Pee Wees. Yeah. You know, so they know each other. They compete hard against each other. It's just really good hockey.
0: Which lends me to this point. What's so fortunate is that if these games in the late conference would happen, let's say round one, on the front half of December as a whole. I know you did play them, and there's a few. But if you were playing all of these games, you play so many after the Christmas break that you're able to see these guys two times, maybe once in January, once in February. So there's some short-term memory and some quick. It just feels, from a fan's perspective, if you like good hockey, get out to watch some of these games because the intensity is like nothing I've ever seen.
1: Well, you don't have to look very far if you just watch the college scouts and junior scouts and even some of the NHL guys that are sniffing around. They seem to be around the the late January, early February cycle of our conference, and that's been historical over time. You know, we're talking 25, 30 years back to when I played. So, you know, I I think that's a a good time. It's really when our league galvanizes each other. Um, You know, we always say, hey, this is when we try to figure out who our teams are that can really go compete for a state championship. It really does. And, you know, we had a couple, of, you know, at this time of the year last year, just a couple of wars with Edina, Wayzata, uh Eden Prairie. You know, th- those were just battles. And they were emotional, and they take a lot out of you. Yeah. Uh, I tell you what, it's really hard to play one of those games on a Thursday, have a light one on Friday, and then turn around and do it again on Saturday. Um, but that's what you need to be able to do to get to the tourney and then play well in the tourney. So I think sometimes I think our league has a little bit of an advantage there because we're used to the grind. We're used to those really highly competitive 2-2 games where details matter. Mm -hmm.
0: Well, and all of you guys as a group have just historically been doing it for a decade and a half to two decades. It's pretty much a revolving door for whomever it's going to be. And I I wasn't the one to write off the West Metro or the late conference teams, the big four, let's say. Sure. But I think a lot of people would love to. They want to say, well, there's a changing of the guard. You, know, you kind of hear that. I don't know. It doesn't look like it to me, and it's quite fascinating when you think about how this level of play elevates not only your team but the other teams. Yep. Do you feel as though someone within your group, again, could be playing in the state final and contending? And do you see anything different from years past that way?
1: I, I don't. I absolutely, in full conviction, think uh, if a, a late conference teams come out of Section Two, Six, or Eight, you know, because you, you you got St. Michael and Buffalo in Section Eight now, I, I think uh, any one of them would go do three. some damage. That that would that would feel a little awkward. But <laughs> I, I think I I think absolutely. I don't see any reason to why that wouldn't be the case. Um, you know, you can't crown a champion in November. Uh, I think a lot of this stuff is score comparison and hype. Oh, right. I think I think it's irresponsible from any coach's standpoint to think that you can score, compare, and think that that's going to be the case going forward. It's how you improve over the year. It's how you kind of strengthen. You need to get your warts exposed so you can make some changes in your lineup that can win you late in the year. And I think history dictates that. Um, we also, you know, if you, if you talk about the big four or whatever there, you know, we're pretty fortunate. But, you know, like we don't have the ability to hide year to year. No, We can't take a year off and say, hey, we're going to build for next year or the year after or or say the concept that, hey, we're maybe a year away. That doesn't work in our programs. Uh, The kids that are in your team that year truly believe they can go do something special. So you're playing for that year. Mm -hmm. Uh, We can't hide for a year and reload and think that we're going to go young one year. Uh, To be honest with you, I think that's the wrong message you send to any group of kids. And I'd hate to be the senior In that year, that's being told that with body language or even decisions from a coaching staff. Um, You play to win in the moment. Um, You never know when you get the bounce. Like we've been on both sides of them, you know, we Mm -hmm. really have. And sometimes you get the bounce and it pushes you forward, and sometimes you don't. And that's kind of the difficulty of high school sports. You know, there's no series, it's a one game. In order to pull it off, you got to win. That's the bummer. Yeah, it's hard. You got to win six game sevens in a row. And uh, that's hard to do at any level, especially with 16-, 17-year-old kids.
0: You know, I did a podcast with uh, Scott Oliver from East Grand Forks the other day. Such a great wealth of knowledge and yeah. wisdom from him. I asked him, and I'm going to ask you, if you could change not one, but two, if you want to so choose two, two things about anything you could do regarding uh, Minnesota State High School League hockey, what mm-hmm. would it be?
1: Well, I mean, I think our kids at the higher level have shown that they're going to probably play 10 months out of the year. Um, Our high school coaches have shown they do the best job developing players. Our season would be – the kids would be much better off if our season was longer. We understand why. It's a fiscal thing. Mm -hmm. It also would bleed into fall and spring sports. So I get it. But from a purely developmental standpoint – our kids would be much better off with us developing over the long period of time. From what I'm hearing from college coaches, even NHL scouts, boy, it would be great if the season could be a month earlier and a month later. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, that would be the first thing. Second thing, and that would increase our games and solve the game problem. Yep. Now we have some good solutions with the elite league and AAA and some other things that fill gaps and voids. I get that. Um, the, the other end of it, you know, I think. Um, from a standpoint of, the, uh, of just what's best for high school sports, uh, uh, we need a 20-minute period. Like our yeah. kids play a 20-minute period through Bantams, you know, they get through, in the fall, and then we get to a 17-minute period in high school. And it just, to me, it makes absolutely no sense. Um, and, then, and then right after the season ends, they go back to a 20-minute period. Uh, they need to be used to doing that. It's better for their development. I see no really be- real benefit on why it's a 17-minute period. I-, I ask quite a bit of questions, and I never really get any answers on that one. Um, but I think that would be one thing just from a simple solve. A 20-minute period it would be a very slight concession, and it wouldn't be a big bump on mm-hmm. ice time. You know, I know you're at nine minutes of game time, so you're probably looking at 20 minutes, 25 minutes of real time. But most of the programs, there's not a lot of ice after the high school game, and if there is, you can absorb it. And, you know, I don't think the referees are going to freak out about an extra nine minutes. I think they'd actually prefer it a little bit. And I think it would actually force teams, in my opinion, to play more depth. Totally. Um, You know, what frustrates me is when we have to shorten our bench to three lines. Um, We have four lines of players that can Mm -hmm. play. And I think most teams would benefit from that, even doing that all year long too. They would develop some of the kids that are maybe sitting and getting two or three shifts a period when they should be getting six or seven.
0: I agree with that 100%. So you two are two for two. You both answered it basically the same way.
1: Scott's a so, smart man. And so, and so he, are you. And he's been, so, he's been a good friend for a long
0: time. I can and offer a hint on the 17 minutes, why it is. This is what I think, and I recall – from when this all occurred, when it went from 15 to 17 and not 20. So at the time, everybody was playing 20 games, 20 hockey, 20 basketball. And then hockey wanted to get to the 20-minute periods, but then you had to take care of the basketball side of things, which I get fully sure. for sure. Well, they may play less, and they said, okay, well, they're going to get the same amount of time as the hockey player is. So in games, that turned out to be 30-31 for them, which is what they have, right? Yep. And then for hockey... We'll give you 17, and now you're equitable that way. I think that's what it was. I think that's why it's 17.
1: Well, I always enjoy that stuff and when they try to make things equitable from a big picture to kind of appease all the sports. But then when it comes down to who funds the high school league, where's the cash cow, ah. we went through it last year, uh, both the girls' and boys' tournaments were going to happen no matter what. And I think at that point we got to be a little bit smarter yeah, and, and understand that, hey, hockey in Minnesota is a little bit different. It just is from a purely developmental standpoint nationally. And if the Minnesota thing drives it properly, uh, things will fall into place. Hey, if football or baseball were the ones
0: that were funding the Minnesota State High School League, we'll for as a hockey guy, do what you got to do. We'll Give it. me an opportunity, right? Correct.
1: Yep. the Texas and football, hey, you're the Go cash call. Make it work so we can all function properly. Slide right
0: in here and do yep. our thing. F- final question for you. As you turn the corner, we have two weeks uh, of season left. Do you feel, Sean – that this team today is close or to where you'd want them to be at this stage of the season when you came in?
1: Well, we went through a tough stretch there over Christmas. We were banged up. We lost a couple guys to injury. I, you know, I didn't think we were playing really well. Um, I thought our guys were distracted over the holidays. Um, you know, we, we only played a couple games. We weren't in a, in a tournament by design. So it was just a kind of a goofy window there for about maybe 10 days to two weeks but we've really been practicing well lately. I, these kids play hard, and they've bought in. They're settling in. I think we're right about where we were last year. With about four games left, we got a couple of things to kind of tie down. Uh, but you know, last year at this time too, you know, we were just starting to figure out our lineup, and we were playing really good hockey. I mean, we went toe to toe with Eden Prairie, who had you know sixteen, seventeen seniors we were very good, and it was OT, OT, and our kids were right there. I thought we were one of the top six or seven teams in the state at the end of the year, uh, and, and it showed with our effort and our compete level. And, you know, and again, like, we got to get over the fact that we're trying to crown who's the best in November and who's the best in December. Like, those are good predictors, but they're certainly never going to be that accurate, and they haven't been over time. Um, yeah. You know, like – I remember our first year when everybody told me there's just no way we were going to keep up with Edina. You know, they were just too deep and too loaded. And, you know, and, and we just kept getting better as the year went on. And I think we showed at the end of the year we were the better team. And then in year two, we were told we were going to be that great and everybody had to kind of chase us. And, you know, injuries hit. Couple of tough plays. You
0: start believing it. The other the other teams are
1: hunting you, yeah. and you know it's kind of like are you you know you're you're playing against the field. And I think sometimes you just get overhyped on it. You just got to stay in the moment and keep working. Uh, at, this year, I think more than any, there's probably like twelve or fifteen teams that could really make a run here at the end of February and early March and do something special. Historically, usually that's like six or eight. You know, yeah. and and right now it's probably twelve amazing. to fifteen, which is super fun. Like enjoy the enjoy the ride, and and we're back. You know, like a year ago, last year we were still fighting COVID. And are we playing? Are we not playing? And what's a shutdown going to look like? Hey, the kids are having an awesome season. I've really enjoyed coaching this year. There's a lot of good teams. There's a lot of new 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 programs that are kind of having their first big time experience. Um, and then every, every year I always look back early in our schedule, we might lose a game and I'm kind of frustrated why we lost. Yeah. And then about a month later you go, you know, Rogers is pretty good. They yeah, just I him. Exactly. And you know, we lost to him in OT over there and yeah. all played them, you know, for the most part, most of the night. And then we turn around and go, Hey, they're pretty damn good. And yeah. I think you just get kind of caught in the moment and then. You know, you might catch teams on good nights or bad nights, and I think we caught Moorhead on a, on a tough stretch up there. I think some teams have caught us over Christmas when we were in a tough mm-hmm. stretch. And I th- certainly think right now if we keep playing like we have been the last week and a half, two weeks, I don't think anybody's really going to want a shot at us right now because our kids are playing confident and they're playing together.
0: I can tell you this is the most fun I've had in a year, announcing games, doing what I do. I think back to when I could top this, which with quality games and Lots of games with meaning. It's been a lot of fun. Can't wait to call your next game. I know you've got to get on the road. You've got yep. dinner reservations. You've got a life. I get to so be a dad. We're going to let going you get, enjoy being the uh, fatherhood now and Thank then back you. to coaching, right?
1: Yep, and we'll see you as uh, soon as tomorrow night. Turn All around right. and hit repeat. Let's get on it. Thanks, Wags.
0: Thanks. That's Goldie's podcast. Thanks a lot for joining us, everybody. So long, everybody.